and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program host and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by TCN TV Network Incorporated. Due to the social nature of this broadcasting channel, videos may contain content copyrighted by another entity or person. The TCN TV Network claims no rights to the said content. TCN TV Network cannot be held accountable for the copyrighted content. TCN TV Network is a messenger and sharer of information and strives to verify but cannot warrant the accuracy of copyrights or completeness of the information on this program. Mom and Dad, I know you're nervous as I head off to college in Barry, but my whole life you've raised me to this point. Because of you, I'm responsible. Because of you, I'm dedicated. And most of all, because of you, I'm fully focused on my future. And John, you're the love of my life. There's nothing to worry about. And honestly, even if I did want a party, I heard the bars in Barry suck anyways. Okay, welcome to the Daily Reel. I am Andrew Perry. We're live here in the TCN studios in Brampton. What you just witnessed was the birth child of my good buddy, Dustin Lee. That's your new club, Allie, right? Uh, thanks for coming on the show, by the way. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Uh, you know, one of the reasons why I absolutely love this guy is because not only is he young, you're 28 now, right? Yep. Yeah. But ever since I met you, I think you were 19 when you first started in the bar scene, right? Yep. Um, what I love about Dustin is that, you know, from a branding perspective, he's always been consistently changing while maintaining, you know, successful track records. And, you know, the, in, in the, when it comes to the bars, you've placed, you've, everything you've done so far has always been a huge success. Yeah, I mean, it has its time period where it's successful. Then after a couple of years, you... You gotta you switch do, you, it up, right? You gotta switch it up and do a change. Yeah, so Barrie, Ontario, that's where you reside. That's where I met you. Yep. A um, couple of mutual friends. I'll throw out uh, uh, Matt Barkley, Matt Hoopty. That's mm -hmm. how we met. Yeah. Uh, although we didn't uh, hang out a lot, you and I, I always felt like, um, you know, every time I came to your establishment, you always, you know, uh, you were a, a great host, I guess you could say. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to have you back on the, on the or have you on the show is because when I made the transition remember i interviewed you you were the first person i interviewed uh when yeah i, I do remember that blogs. yeah yeah and um so I, I want i'm excited to hear you know where you've come uh in those last three years but uh where did it all begin man how walk us through the very beginning um well again i'm i'm 28 i was born and raised in Barrie, ontario yeah um uh i went to school i moved to school in los angeles uh at 17 dropped out at 18 came back to Barrie, started a video production company Mm -hmm. um and then somehow 
ended up in nightclubs and real estate. Yeah. And uh, I'm doing other stuff too. Like I'm involved in uh, four food festivals. Yeah. Uh, I got some Airbnbs that we do, and then uh, and some special events. But the bulk of my business is uh, nightclubs and nightclubs, or nightclub right. and uh, real estate. Yeah. So when you made the transition back into Barry yep. uh, from LA. Uh, Walk us through, what was your thought process? Like, you know, I just dropped out of school. What am I going to do? Um, or did you have a plan? Or? I mean, the, so I went for video production and marketing and yeah. film. And unlike being a doctor, like a piece of paper doesn't really matter. Right. Um, showing, uh, like, here, I went, I went to school here. And that kind of creative industry, whether you're a graphic designer, video production, or whatever yeah. it is, it's uh, what matters is what you can show for it in your portfolio. And when you go to school, you learn a bunch of principles, and then a part of being in that school, you um, uh, you try to build your portfolio to go and get a job. Yeah. And, and when I was living yeah. in L.A., um, I, you know the principle that it's it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm out there, and I'm, and I'm looking around and going like, first of all, I hate everybody here. Everyone, <laughs> and like the, the fake it till you make it thing is, is, is big out there. And, yeah. you know, everyone in school is pretending they're, top actors and stuff and, and, and top directors and stuff and it just wasn't really for me and I'm looking around going I got a lot more advantage, advantages in Barry. I'm not yeah. gonna I don't want to pay my dues uh, in LA and really have to fight for it when I can come take advantage of uh, just the connections and stuff that I had in Barry. Absolutely. So that's why I came back. So you come back um, how so you started um, the video production company, right? Yep. Was it Lazy Eye Entertainment or did that come after? No, it was called Barry TV. So we did a bunch Barry of... T oh, yeah, yeah, Barry TV. Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it actually did really well. Rogers, we, had, right? we had like, a, we had a, like a, a sales team, business guy, shooters, editors. Um, but I was, right. fully, I was fully kind of entrenched in that company. And we did a lot of videos for uh, many local businesses in many different kind of industries. But one of the industries uh, that we did a lot of videos for were, were the bars and, and nightclubs, and then one of them specifically uh, was uh, the Mansion nightclub that, that I was doing video production for, um, that also was like a, a friend, uh, it was owned by a friend of my family named Mark Porter, and uh, so I kind of got to see like the inside, the, the inside scoop of that, and even though it was called the Mansion nightclub, it was actually more of like uh, an event center, right. and um, and then I looked at, I got to kind of look at that and say, um, you know what, it seems like, it seems like this business, its success is only going to be dictated by the success of the shows because they don't have like a consistent night. They just right. were bringing in bands and stuff. So I had a step back, it kind of looked like, to me, I'm like, this must be a vulnerable business or at least um, a business that's open to a lot of inconsist inconsistency. Yeah. And then when I turned, so when I turned 19, um, I was like, hey, Mark, like I made a proposal for him and a pitch yeah. and I tried to sell him where I was like, Hey, you know what? I was cool in high school. Like, let me <laughs> let me throw a party, and uh, I, I I threw a party when I was nineteen, and it was like the busiest night they ever had. Yeah. And we made like a deal where I took the cover charge, mm -hmm. and and he took the bar sales, and um, I think after that, like whatever, I put ten hours probably less into it, and uh, made whatever like three or four grand or whatever it was. And kind of at nineteen, I was like, oh wow, yeah. like, holy shit, this is a yeah. I, I didn't put even that much effort in this. Could you imagine doing this all the time? Yeah. Okay. So, oh man, it's funny because you're bring, bringing back memories. You're talking about the events that they used to have. Remember when it was used to called the found the foundation? Yeah. yeah. My band. We talk about you know my band and my past experiences in the music industry on the show a little bit, and uh, we actually played there. 
Um, so yeah, it brings back memories for sure. So I remember this. Now the story is kind of starting to come back a little bit. So it started with one industry night, or not? Sorry, not an industry night, but you had an event. Yeah. Um, was it for a college event, right? Um, so. I had a connection at that time with just the people who grew up in Barrie. So I yeah. came back, everyone else was still like in university and stuff. I was just a dropout loser kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, so I waited for like Christmas break when everyone was home from school and I threw a party yeah. then. Yeah. And then um, and then I looked at it and I approached Mark and said, um, hey, like the next summer. So I turned 20. Then the next summer, I'm like, let me rent the room every single Saturday night uh, for the entire summer. And, uh, and, then, and once a month on Fridays. And I want to uh, I want to try to, to do this consistently. Yeah. And it actually it actually didn't go that well uh, initially. And we had like we had some failures, and I almost gave mm -hmm. up. And I remember uh, I remember being like really really close to giving up. And yeah, well, because I mean the the nightclub industry, the restaurant industry, um, it's all that service stuff is very difficult mm -hmm. to maintain a successful business. Um, so I mean, what what gave you the desire to keep going? Honestly, I think I was grinding really hard and, and I was working in the business for the video production, the video production company. Yeah. And I was grinding really hard and not seeing like a lot of fruit for, uh, from my actions. Yeah. And, and then I, I went into this nightclub thing and at the time I'm like, well, this is super easy and look yeah. at all this money that's coming <laughs> yeah. in. And I thought it was like super cool and get, getting attention and thought I was the man and got cocky and, and stuff like that and I actually remember <laughs> I remember because initially we threw events um, like we, we kicked we kicked off the summer Saturdays with an event and then I, after that it was just regular club nights yeah and I, and I remember it doing I remember it doing a dip and thinking um, uh, and then I remember doing a dip where we had three really slow weekends and then all of a sudden I had a Friday coming up I'm like oh yeah. man like I can't even fill people on Saturdays and I got a Friday coming up and I remember Mark calling me and uh, and saying like, hey, like, what if we switched back to just doing like one-off events here? And I yeah. remember it just being like a real, like real punch, yeah. real punch in the gut. Yeah. And um, but I, and then that Friday came around, and I, we, I think I think it went down because I got kind of cocky. Yeah. Um, initially, the events went so you well take that, your foot I, off that the I, yeah, you right. kind of rest on your laurels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then and then basically, so then I'm like, I had to I had to fight to get it back, and yeah. it was really close to a failure. And I remember right. being really close to giving up. Well, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about that transition from events into running the club. Cool. At Benjamin Law, we understand the real cost of personal injuries. As the victim of an accident, you may be the one who's physically hurt, but your main concern is that your family are the ones who will pay the price. Benjamin Law will be there for you, helping, supporting, and working tirelessly to resolve your personal injury case. Call 1-855-899-4878 or visit benjaminlaw.ca and let our family of lawyers help your family. Hello everyone, my name is Jermaine Chambers, and I'm very excited to tell you about the newest political and current affairs program coming here to Brampton. It's called On Point. The first step of true Reconciliation is learning more about one another. Join us on Tuesdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. as we discuss all the issues. I will never forget the trust you put in me. Municipal, provincial, federal, and any issue of national importance, we will talk about on On Point. So do join us.
Okay, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we're here with Dustin Lee um, at Dust Lee One on Facebook. I don't really use Facebook a lot anymore. I'm, I'm uh, at, at Dust Lee. Yeah, at Dust Lee. Okay. Uh, before we went off to break, we were talking to Dustin um, about you know how we got how we got started, uh, you know, building his investment portfolio, how he got started in in the bar business. And when we left off, we were talking about how Dustin was just you know running events went off and then it moved into a couple of days a week. Um, you know, he started moving into some failures and, and then had to kind of switch gears a little bit. So tell us about that transition. You, you're, um, the guy who owned the bar essentially was like, maybe we should switch it up and go back to the one off. Yeah, it, we were both kind of feeling, I, I, I kind of saw a failure coming on and I lost a lot of confidence at, yeah. at one point and then you just kind of put your foot to the pedal and, and leave no stone unturned in, in marketing and trying to get everyone yeah. on your side and trying to get people to come to the bar. And it finally uh, turned around and got caught on and caught on because it wasn't known as a place for consistent club nights. It was known right. as an event space and that's how I started it was an event space. So it was sort of associated with that. So there was a transition into turning it into a consistent club night and we right. did and it was very close to not working. Uh, I saw that, Mark saw that and then yeah. it was just like the last event where it was like, if this one doesn't work out, um, it was like right at the finish line <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. So then, okay, so then y your last event went well? Well, yeah, so, so then, then the consistent nights caught on. Um, and then at the end of summer, I'm like, let's keep, let's keep going with this. I kept running yeah. Saturdays for him. Um, and then I eventually took over Fridays, took over the bar completely. So not just the promoter trying to get people. I was yeah. hiring, firing, doing, doing everything for the business for Mark Porter. And um, uh, then I completely ended... Uh, the the concerts and stuff, yep. and took over Fridays and stuff. And then after a period of time, I just I ended up buying the bar off them. I think when I was twenty one. Wow, that's crazy. And when I was twenty one, I was probably spending all my money at a bar, let alone trying to invest it from. Well, the I, bar. I I had no idea what I was doing. I made, <laughs> I made an absolute mess. Well, I mean, even making I think you're selling yourself a little bit short because even making the executive decision to cut off, you know, the concerts and the the events because. You know, that's what exactly what you said. That's exactly what that, that bar was known for, for yeah. like decades. Yeah. So to make that executive decision and say, okay, well, we got to create a little bit of consistency here. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so then, so eventually, um, you, sorry, you bought the bar? Yeah, and, then, and Mark, was, Mark owned the building. And, okay, yeah, so, yeah, sorry, so you bought so the then, business, then, that's then, right. Yeah, and then, he, and then he was my landlord and I was paying him rent. Okay, and then how long did it take you to figure out that hey, I don't want to be paying rent anymore? Uh, oh, oh, immediately. I mean, I mean, and I was getting a deal. I was getting a deal. And yeah. It was still, still crazy expensive. Like it was a triple net lease. So between rent and paying yeah. property taxes and the insurance for the building and the utilities for even all the apartments upstairs, like I was spending, I was paying over fifteen thousand dollars a month and just mm. feeling like yeah. I'm grinding, working hard to pay to pay for somewhere else. So I'm like, yeah. at some point, I got to do this. Mm -hmm. For myself because it's a lot of money every month to light on fire right no absolutely it comes in the door and it mm -hmm. goes through the exit so all right and then now let's talk about so the the mansion takes off yeah i remember you know you started bringing um I don't, were you guys the first people to bring the cameras in like and taking pictures of everybody uh the bank was taking pictures we were we yeah. were doing recap videos re right yeah. okay because i think like i mean when when the pictures started coming out I noticed um, the bar started to get a little bit busier. I don't know yeah. if it's a coincidence, but yeah. everybody liked, okay, oh, a professional photographer. Maybe we can get one of those backdrop things. <laughs> but what I like about what you did is you had success with the mansion, mm -hmm. and then you decided to switch gears again. 
yeah. and and then open the Johnsons. So yeah. For one, let us know where did you get that idea from, and why mess with a good thing. Um, so I think we we're we we're in our fourth year of uh, of mansion. And I think it was just more of like a competitive bone. Like uh, we did, we did the change, but it wasn't out of desperation. Like we weren't, we were still making money. We weren't, we weren't dead, but our line was gone. And um, and, and I kind of watching things and trying to be like unbiased and not make excuses. I was looking yeah. at it and going, you know, what, we're in second place right now. Um, and I, and when you're in second place, you're in some way vulnerable. I think, and and you're not in control of your destiny. And I, I actually had a, a mentor of mine one time say. Um, or it's a quote that quote that he said that I really like, which is uh, it's really hard to play in the NHL, but it's not hard to play in the NHL when you're Wayne Gretzky, right? Right. And and I, and I think basically what I what I take from that is in business or in specifically in nightclubs, like it, it's hard to own a nightclub, but it's, yeah. it's not when you're when you're the best. And right. so I'm like, okay, I love that. We're we're in that. we're in second place here. We need we need to make a change, or else. It could be the beginning of your end, uh, beginning of the end, and you've kind of lost control, oh. and you don't know when it's coming. That's a great mentality. So, I mean, I guess it's fair to say that you're a fairly competitive person. Yeah. 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 Did you play sports growing up? Yeah. You did. What did you play? Uh, lacrosse, hockey, and boxing. Wow. Oh yeah, boxing. I remember when I first met you. I think you were still boxing, right? Yeah, I wasn't you, very good. <laughs> yeah. Do you box still? No. All right, no. Well, I'll, I'll, as a workout, but not sparring or. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I mean. We, you just told me before off air, like about you know you're on the nightclub hours. I mean, how do you how do you, how do you get your body to adjust? Like, when do you work out? Where I, do you I find really, time? Uh, I mean, I really work at it Monday to Friday and, and compensate for how bad I am uh, on, on the weekends. weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So okay. Now now, where did the idea for the Johnsons come? For those of you who don't, I'll let you explain it. Um, yeah. But you, you, the mansion was going well. You know, you wanted to get back in the first place spot, so you switched up and, yeah. and came up with the Johnsons. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I don't really ever. I always feel like I don't ever come up with like brand new ideas, and I think a lot of successful people don't. You know, I, yeah. I, I always, I always find that um, no matter what I'm, what I'm getting into, I usually try to look at who's doing it the best, and open up a bunch of browser tabs on my on my Mac or go visit other places and kind of go, what do I like about this place? What do I like about this place? What do I like about this place? And kind of. Take take ideas and inspiration, and uh, so so the Johnsons was a nightclub that was themed as a house party. So we basically built what looked like a house yeah. inside the club. So if you felt like you're at a house party, um, and we did it differently than anybody else, but at the same time, in the same breath, it wasn't like a brand new idea or anything. Right. There's other places that have had similar things. That they just didn't do it like this. So it was a new idea, but yeah, I, I took inspiration. Absolutely, it's. I mean, you got to follow what. Um, you know, people have done in the past, you know, what gets measured gets improved. So when you're focusing on, you know, how can you reinvent something that has already been, you know, relatively yeah. successful, I, I totally get it. So do you have a kitchen and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the actual bar? I yeah. Remember. Yeah. So you could, you like, they would open the kitchen fridge and there was beers and like, <laughs> That's the amazing. actual, the island hut was like full of ice. and. That's amazing. What else was, uh, what else did you have in that club again? You had a there, ball pit. There's a ball pit. A we, had, we had we had like a we had an actor there every night who played a butler named, yeah. named Jeeves. Jeeves, and stuff. yeah, he's still amazing. around. Chicken. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. What a great idea, and he kind of became almost like a brand ambassador. Yeah, for the Johnsons. Right? Yeah, we invented him. Yeah. So what was so? How was the response when um, you first opened the Johnson? It was good. I mean, I would say it was the same. It was the exact same thing happened as uh, as the mansion, and I, and I wouldn't say that I. 
maybe I didn't learn all the, all the lessons that I could because I think it could have had more longevity because I had to change it again mm -hmm. in its fourth year where we weren't desperate, but we went from first place to kind of, again, trying to, trying to look at things unemotionally, looking at error without a bias. So I'm like, oh, we're in second place again. It's, it's time for another change. And rather than doing a renovation and still calling it the Johnsons, I'm like, you know what, this nightclub is uh, it's a gimmick. It's a theme. And yeah. I think those have a lifespan. And I think it saw yeah, its lifespan. And it was time for a change. And now it's called Alley. And, uh, and we're going to fight really hard to stay on top for as long as we can. And mm -hmm. if and whenever that time comes, whether it's four years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, ha whatever happens, if we ever get in second place again, we're well, yeah, you'll just know. So how how important? Because um, I, I noticed, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but were you doing a lot of collaborations with other bars? Uh, so I got involved in other bars. Like I was throwing, uh, I got involved in a bar called Sound Sound Empire, and I was throwing yeah. big raves and stuff, and bringing in really big DJs and stuff. Because yeah, I was a 1,250 person room, so I was involved in that. So I would try to waver over the credibility of my bar to let that one gain a little bit of momentum as well. Yeah, okay. And um, we're, we're just gonna, we're almost on our commercial, so I wanna cut now and then we'll pick it up because uh, I wanna talk about Alley and then I wanna talk about, you know, the, the real estate development that you've been doing at the bar yeah. and uh, we'll pick it back up after the commercial break. Sounds good to me. With so many newspapers within the community, it's sometimes hard to tell what separates us from the rest. Most of the time, they all brag about the same thing. You know, the large circulations, tons of online views, and it can go on and on. But what really separates the Toronto Caribbean newspaper apart from everybody else? Well, it's simple. Our service. No, seriously. Hi, I'm Grant Browning, founder and CEO of the Toronto Caribbean newspaper. I have over 20 years of branding and marketing experience and I've worked with countless companies and corporations to do one thing and that is to raise their profits with their brand. With over 40 years of combined experience in branding and marketing, our amazing staff is fully prepared to sit down and figure out exactly what you need to stand out from your competitors. The reason why you don't see that anymore is because... The ad is too powerful. <laughs> Bring too much people. So what are you waiting for? Give us a call today. We'll be happy to help. Are you retiring smart? Make your home's equity work for you. With your home's equity and our 30 years of experience, the Retire Smart Properties team can help you achieve the quality of life you've always wanted. Our services are 360 degrees. We'll give you advice, take care of staging and selling, and help you find the perfect home and community to transition to. It's time to enjoy the retirement lifestyle you deserve. Visit our website today to learn how you can use your home to retire comfortably. The Retire Smart Properties Team, powered by Remax West. Okay, we're back with Dustin Lee. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Before we went on that quick break, uh, Dustin, we're just in 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 terms of the storyline and your timeline. We're now up to you know you you've made your third transition now from the mansion to the Johnson and now to Alley. Mm -hmm. What was the whole what's the whole idea behind Alley? 
Well, we went. I didn't want to do a gimmick again yeah. um, a- after doing Johnson's because um, it's it's very expensive. Like not just doing a renovation, but also doing a complete rebrand. So the thought was to do something where we open up the spaces again, remove all the walls, and go big nightclub feel and try to bring a level of Toronto uh, to Barry. And I have a partner now named Ty Jones. Um, you know, she has some pictures of Pulse, uh, an event I did at the Molson Center on there that we could also probably talk about. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. but right now we're in the beginning stages of Alley and it's going yeah. really well. Well, that's good to hear, man. And so it hasn't always been you know, success, one success after another, right? I mean, just yeah. as any entrepreneur, any business owner, you've had some failures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on your Instagram, you've got a picture of... Actually, a- if you pull up what she just had at yeah. that event, I could probably talk about it. That's probably a good segue. Yeah, so so you've done yeah, yeah. an event. Where is this now? This, this is the Molson Center. Which and I guess to, to kind of line... Yeah, it's in Barry. I, I, could line, I could line this up a little bit. So um, as it relates to failure, I mean, I... Uh, once things are starting to go well, you kind of get you can, you can find yourself getting cocky, especially being young. And, and I and I was throwing these events at what was called Sound Empire, which was a twelve hundred and fifty yeah. person room, and we were we were selling out and doing really well. Then I kind of got in my a lot head. Of big acts, right? Yeah, and I got I got in my head. And I'm like, I gotta do the Molson Center. Like, I I wanna <laughs> I wanna throw a rave at the Molson Center. And these pictures are of me <laughs> throwing a rave at the Molson Center. But one thing that I that a lesson that I learned because I I did this event. And I lost one hundred fifty thousand. I financed wow. my, I financed it myself at twenty three years old. Lost one hundred fifty grand, which is a lot at that age, right? It's a uh, lot at any age. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. Yeah. But the uh, but, but I wanted to do this event so bad, and I wanted to do an event at the Molson Center so bad that I was kind of ignoring like basically tons of red flags that are coming at me. That like yeah. that there wasn't enough people in, or college students in Barrie that were interested in this. Like when we'd sell out. 1,250 people, like we were just selling out. So for yeah. me to think that we're getting 4,000 people to come to this yeah. and, and, and thinking like, acting like I'm in Toronto when I'm not, yeah. um, I think you can get too emotionally attached to something that you put, put your blinders on. And, and I don't yeah. think it's bad to be necessarily emotionally attached as it relates to mm-hmm. take, being passionate about what you do yeah. and taking pride in what you do. But I think when you're emotionally attached as it relates to you really want to do something yeah. so much that you're ignoring advice coming at you and all these red yeah. flags. Uh, I definitely learned a lesson with that, and I'm actually applying that lesson right now in 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 real estate um, with a, a building that I'm I'm looking at buying that I really want yeah. to buy, but I'm but I'm looking at it and going it just doesn't make financial sense. Yeah. So all right. So we're. I mean, was it an if we can get a little personal? Was it an ego thing? Why you didn't want to back out? Why you didn't notice the red flags? Is it because you know you didn't want to you know, let I, other people I down? I think I think I I didn't I didn't think I was going to make like a shitload of money, but I think that I didn't think I'd lose big either. I'm like, this is just going to be a real stripe on my shirt. Yeah. Like this is I I'm like I sold out the Barry Molson Center. Yeah. I'm the fucking man. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, that's just not how it went. <laughs> we got a lot of people. It was a good it was a good party, but right. yeah, we yeah. we weren't close to break even. Yeah. All right. So then, was that your last event? Uh, like, no, no, it wasn't no, my last. Right? It, it wasn't. wasn't. No. So what, so I guess it comes back to you being a competitive guy. What yeah. was next? I think the, with the talk, no. Uh, what did you have first? Was a uh, taco fest? So, so that's, so that I, I'm a part of four food festivals that I, that, that I partner on running the bar for. Um, um, and it's taco fest, pizza fest, beer, bourbon and barbecue and brunch fest that happened at Ontario Place. Yeah. 
and uh, Hotel X in, in Toronto. Um, but there's a, there's other partners who are right. more majority majority than me, so I'm not uh, I'm a big part of it, but I'm not like, right. So how did you ba- bounce back from you know? Uh, I think there wasn't like this big redemption event. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So I think I just went okay, like took my licks, try to learn your lessons, yeah. and just you, you can you can either pout or you can move forward. And yeah, I chose to move forward. Move forward. <laughs> So when we when we met, I, I don't know if you remember, uh, we were sitting in the Johnsons and we were, you know, going over your story and, you know, we we're putting it together for LinkedIn. Uh, you told me about some things that you wish you had done differently. Okay. And I think it was it was more from uh, the managerial side of it. I think mm-hmm. you were talking about like, you know, you, you would have paid attention to accounting a little bit more. You know, yeah. has any of that changed for you? Have you? Um, a little bit. I mean, my... My style of business right now that I still that I how I act that I kind of stand by is I have a much more of like a working on the business versus working in the in business, the business. A, a, attitude where I don't take a role in the business I try to hire people that I think are better than me yeah um, at specific roles and I'm just kind of look back and kind of orchestrate and try to make people mm-hmm. synergize with each other's and then and, and put out fires where I where I need to yeah. but like I mean I pay attention to those things but I don't do any of my accounting or, yeah. or, or, or like all that stuff's done for me well that's good because i think it's i know i think when you especially when you're an entrepreneur especially when you're a young entrepreneur you you know you get any business owner wants to wear as many hats as they can right because they feel like yeah, they and, and you, you know, need to control things yeah and you you want to do everything and you kind of learn quickly that's not a good idea and then you end up yeah. working in the business but if you're working on the business you, it gives you the opportunity a lot more uh, and not everyone has this luxury mm-hmm. But it gives you the opportunity a lot more to kind of read and react and watch things from a step back. Yeah. And I guess it comes that it comes all down to you know self awareness as well, and you know knowing what you're good at and not allowing your ego to create the failures for you. Yeah. I mean, failures is all part of business, but I mean to really grow, you've got to really get good at hiring. And yeah. um, so, all right, so we we're talking about uh, your real estate portfolio. So mm-hmm. you, when you bought the building yeah. which was around the johnson time after yeah johnson okay so you bought the building and then um you how many units were in the building for yeah as, so there, there, there there's eight apartments upstairs yeah and sort of I, I guess i'm i'm executing right now and in the middle of executing like a, a principle taught to me by uh mentors of mine which is with buildings like that that have that many units the the value of the building is dictated by the net operating income of the building ran out of capitalization rate right so basically what that means for people who don't uh for people who don't understand what that is is the value of the building is dictated by the bottom line unlike like a lot of like buying a house where it's dictated by comparables and how nice the kitchen is right people buy these types of buildings for return on investment so the value of the building is dictated by uh the net operating income Mm -hmm. ran at a uh, a cap rate so what that means is when i bought that building and uh, I'm sure on my Instagram you can find some before and afters of uh, some apartments yeah. that I'm renovating. But the um, what what it what it means is um, if you take for example, I think I was on average getting uh, like around seven hundred dollars a month right. in rent times eight apartments. And I, uh, I should get my calculator here. Hold on. And I um, I gotta turn my phone on though. And I, and I upped it to uh, around thirteen hundred. So I'm doing right. renovations, and I'm upping it yeah. to around thirteen hundred dollars a uh, uh, a month per apartment, and that's an extra kind of six hundred dollars a uh, yeah. a month so, in income. So how 
And um, a good friend of mine, um, Ben Oaks, yeah. you know Ben Oaks? Yep. Uh, he, he was basically explaining the process and how you can really start to uh, maximize on rent. And what you're doing right now is, is it comes back to if anybody who owns a business, you got to put money in the business to maximize on profits. And this is exactly what you're doing. Look how beautiful the, these units are. Yeah, and so now they were, and they were uh, they were dumps before. But the one the one thing I I'd say that the biggest lesson that I've learned uh, with this, as it relates to the, the value of the building being dictated by the income, is when you can like I can actually do actual math on this. When you have yeah. when you're raising the income uh, by six hundred dollars a month, and you multiply that by twelve months a year, it's an extra seventy two hundred dollars seventy two hundred dollars mm -hmm. a year. Ran at a six cap, it raises the value of the building one hundred and twenty thousand. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars just on one apartment, and you're spending like thirty to forty thousand dollars, kind of completely gutting and flipping these apartments. But you're spending that thirty, forty thousand dollars, and you're gaining a hundred. I'm simple. I'm definitely yeah. dumbing this down more simple than it is. But what what other kind of industry do you, do you have such a high multiple that you can put that kind of money in and get mm -hmm. that that like where can you spend thirty thousand dollars and get one hundred and twenty right. back like that? pretty much guaranteed mm -hmm. because it's not people don't buy those buildings w with emotions they buy it based on income and if you can raise the income you raise the value right so um i mean how did you learn all this i mean look at this before so how do you go from seeing potential in something like this i guess it comes down to not buying with emotion and buying yeah. with the numbers so yeah. look at this place I yeah i mean you first put it on your instagram story like oh man it was packed like Beer cans, oh, yeah. everything. So how did you? How did you? I mean, did I you mean, have a mentor? I, I, yeah, yeah. Kinda... I, I talk to you, you. Find mentors. You ask questions. And you try to learn lessons on their dimes. Yeah. Uh, when you can, but the basically the game that I'm playing. I know it's about to do a commercial, so I'll make it quick. But you try to find underperforming buildings like this, invest to raise the income, get it reappraised. Uh, and you'll have yeah. a new a new value. You pull the equity, pull the equity and you buy out. another one, and and then you huh. keep you keep doing that. And that's the game I'm looking to play. So is this building number one so far? This is this is building number one, and I'm in the process of purchasing yeah. another one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll see you guys in just a couple of seconds. Hello, everyone. My name is Jermaine Chambers, and I'm very excited to tell you about the newest political and current affairs program coming here to Brampton. It's called On Points. The first step of true reconciliation is learning more about one another. Join us on Tuesdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. as we discuss all the issues. I will never forget the trust you put in me. Municipal, provincial, federal, and any issue of national importance, we will talk about on On Point. So do join us. My name is Trish Curling, and I am an online coach, personal trainer, and yoga teacher, and your new host of Shaping Life, which is all about understanding that we have the ability and the control to take charge of our health and wellness. But we can't do it alone, and I can't wait to sit down with the best in the industry. Please tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. live here on the TCN Network.
Okay, we're back live with Dustin Lee at the My TCN Studios here in Brampton. Um, all right, so so now we, we saw some before and after um, of these units, and you know we talked about how important it is to invest into your buildings, into your business. Um, and, and so this is a little off topic. Did, did I read somewhere that you actually provide the renters a Netflix subscription too, or is that back in the day? Uh, yeah, so we that was when I was kind of playing with like. Putting them on Airbnb, Airbnb, like because yeah. I, I, I furnished, I, I rent them out semi-furnished and whatever. I got these Netflix accounts and stuff, so I'm like, I'm like, I got them. So. <laughs> well, <I laughs> may as well know. give added value. Well, because I mean, you, like, I actually when we started looking at investing, that's the first thing that kind of popped in my mind. Because I mean, if you're offering these minuscule things, it might attract. Yeah, a I, I mean, type of buyer. I mean, if you can pay for one internet bill and that's so fast and give it to. And give it to everybody. It saves them money, and you can justify uh, more rent because alternatively, they're just going to be paying that back to you, anyways, right? Well, back to well, back to Rogers or whatever. Right. Yeah. All right. So we off air. We were talking about so this building that you have. It's mixed use, obviously, right? Yeah. Commercial as aspect. Yep. There's a residential. So for your future goals, what do you think is going to be your next project? Do you want it to be all residential, mixed um, use? Which I'm, is I'm fine. I'm fine with mixed use, but I think over the long term, I'm definitely. I'm definitely very interested in, in apartment buildings, and uh, a part of the reason is, I mean, as I, as I grew up, I'm born in 1990, so all I really remember is when the internet was around, but apparently it was a pretty different place Yeah, yeah <laughs> before, before the internet, and uh, you see technology kind of growing exponentially and disrupting a lot of, a lot of in, uh, industries and stuff, yeah. and, uh, and a lot of people who thought they were, they were safe and had safe jobs and stuff are, are, are losing them. And I'm kind of looking for a kind of a, a safe long-term move. And one thing that I think won't be disrupted by technology is people are always going to need a place to live. Yeah. And, and they also, uh, they're not going to invent more land. You know what right. I mean? So um, I am open to like mixed use and have, having commercial and stuff. But um, I'm only really interested if there's a potential of like a lot of residential. Yeah, because yeah, there's just too many inconsistencies with commercials, right? Um, all right. So then, so then, what what's what else do you have on the table? What's next for Dustin Lee? Do you have more events coming up? Like, what do, what do you got planned? I, I, I'm I, I'm trying to build a rooftop patio on the bar uh, for for next summer, but that's very beginner stages. So I don't have really a lot to yeah. share in that. But right. we're we're still getting alley started and, and pushing and trying to make that mm -hmm. the best it can be. Then we want to do a rooftop patio, and then I'm just kind of heavy into. Uh, into into real estate and i'm getting pretty passionate about it and trying to build as many assets as i can to be make, make money while i sleep you know you yeah. work really hard to do nothing kind mm -hmm. of thing like uh make people one one thing that was said to me was uh um you know people whether it be a business or a person people work really hard put their blood sweat and tears mm -hmm. into uh every day and grind just to try to make ends meet and just just finally and just pay their rent and just get by you know what i mean you can either be that person who's putting your blood, sweat, and tears into pay your rent, mm -hmm. or you can be the guy that everybody else puts their blood, sweat, sweat and tears into pay you, you, and I get to sleep yeah, like no, a baby. That's a great philosophy. So for the people that are out there, let's just say they're in a position, maybe they're starting a new business, maybe they've got a, you know, some capital saved up. Would you suggest they, you know, they, they put all their money into their front store that they're renting, or maybe they look at purchasing a space? Um, ah, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a case by case basis. Like it, you definitely have to be patient and kind of gradually grow. Uh, and you have to understand what you're doing and not just jump into it. Mm -hmm. And, and I, what I would suggest is finding, 
finding a, like if you're thinking of getting into real estate and you've never done it before, I'd suggest finding uh, a mentor who's yeah. who's doing well and surround yourself by people who are doing better than you and like try and pick their brain and yeah. uh, and get their and get their advice and uh, hopefully learn some lesson on their dimes because yeah. eventually, no matter what industry you get in, in, in real estate included, at some point you're gonna have to pay your dues mm -hmm. and. To me, when I think of paying your dues, uh, what that means to me would be um, uh, having failures and learning lessons. And as much as you can learn on someone else's dime, like a, like a mentor, for example, the easier time you're going to have and less heartaches you're going to have. I yeah. think. No, I totally agree. And I mean, how do you how do you offer? What can you offer a mentor in place of you know? Because a lot of people that are just starting a business, they might not have. The, the the funds for a coach or uh, or you know uh, I, I think I think it's a case by case basis I, it, I would and, and you're gonna have to look out to the, whoever the best in your that industry is I would reach like think of a I don't know anything about a dentist that's a bad example <laughs> I, I think I don't think I need I don't think I need an example but the uh, I think you um, you look for whoever's the best in your industry and you reach out to a bunch of them and you try to find a way to provide them some kind of value for first, mm -hmm. can't, can't just reach out to someone and be like, "Hey, help me," kind of yeah. thing. Find find a way to leverage um, some kind of advantage that you have, and uh, uh, to give a mentor some value because I, I believe that people are naturally reciprocating. So if you can yeah. find a way to give someone value, find a hole in their business without offending them, or what, whatever it is, find a way to give someone that you that you look up to and want to be your mentor value. Yeah. So that, because uh, th again, I think people are, are naturally reciprocating, and and if you do a favor for someone who's mm -hmm. big, then they're gonna probably give you your time, because that's what that's what you're hoping for, isn't it? An hour sit down, or yeah, to, to shadow them, or whatever it is. Absolutely, I think that's a, that's important is the shadowing, and you know, going with, uh, and I, you know, totally can relate. You you want to offer some kind of value in terms of because like a lot of people are very very busy. And if mm -hmm. you can do one thing that helps take something off their mm -hmm. plate, I'm sure they would be, you know, reciprocal mm -hmm. with their time or their advice. Yeah. And so let's just say, you know, somebody's looking to get in the bar business or somebody's looking to get it, build a real estate portfolio and they were to approach you, what would something of value be valuable to you? I'd have to think about that one. On the next time I come here, I'll have an answer to that one. Okay, because I also don't want to line up because I don't want my DMs to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right. want. I don't want to tell you. you know what? I think. I think you gotta. You gotta do your research and you gotta yeah. figure it out for yourself. You know, absolutely. Because I think that if you can figure out something about that person and what makes them tick, it shows that you took the initiative to figure it out. I and agree. I think it at least it. It shows that you have a character trait that that person probably respects, mm -hmm. and and you actually have a lot of an advantage if you do that while you're young. You know, a lot right. of young people. Uh, we'll be like, well, young, you know? yeah, and, and a lot of young people look and go, oh, I'm going to have more credibility when I'm older. And, and I completely disagree. I think that you have a huge advantage uh, being young because mm -hmm. I, I think that entrepreneurs see you as someone who is just like a little ball of potential. And, um, and people want to see young people doing well. Where, for example, if I was 40 years old and I approached someone like a Mark, yeah. Mark Porter versus when I was 19 yeah. kind of thing, I was like, yo, like, let me, let me take the cover, give me the room for free, and you take the bar sales, he'd be like, who the fuck is this dustbag? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Whereas, because when you're, when you're 40 or however, yeah. however old, people will look at you and go, like, if you haven't made it now, now like, yeah. what, what's the point where a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, 22-year-old, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, people have, have sympathy and, 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 and are willing to help you. Okay, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on. You know, we're closing into our last couple of minutes here. So, um, where where can people find you in terms of you know if they want to come to the bar, if they want to come to your festivals? <laughs> um, so, 
so I guess for the bar, it's uh, we we mostly use Instagram, which is at Ali DT Barry. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, then my personal one is uh, at uh, Dust Lee. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you, um, uh, Ali is on Dunlop Street in Barry. Yeah. So if you're interested in in uh, coming, you know, to Dustin's bar, uh, that's where you can find him. And um, yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know it's a long you? drive for you, but you know I think we learned a lot. And, <laughs> yeah, appreciate you know, having me. And I, uh, I hope we can do it again. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. We've posted Dustin's links and our links right in the post description. So we'll see you next week.